Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Studying Law Around the World. Today, I have the opportunity to receive uh, Mikel in our podcast. He will be speaking about studying law in Italy. He was born in Italy in 1995, and he's an author and audio content creator. He studied law at the University of Bari, and he's going uh, and he's currently doing an LOM in international and comparative law at the George Washington State University, uh, the George Washington University. Uh, so please welcome Mike, Mike to our podcast today. Miki, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Claudio. Uh, hi, everybody. Thank you very much for having me uh, at your podcast. Well, thank you so much for, for coming along with us and to, to join this project. Well, to get us started on speaking on how, how to study law in Italy and the details of it, of it uh, my first question for you is, uh, how long is law school in Italy and is it an undergrad program? Um, usually it's five years long. Uh, I know we have one of the longest law school in the world and it's all together. So it's five years all together, but there is also a chance to do undergrad uh, if you want to. It's not very common, I'll be honest. Uh, and that one lasts three years, but usually people take the five years course. Got it. Awesome. That, that's awesome. Well, uh, considering that then, uh, while in law school, do most students have the same curriculum all through the course? Or can you kind of choose some electives? How does that work in, in most universities? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the curriculum is usually fixed. So we have more than 30 exams and all of those are mandatory. You can't choose very much um, you can choose from like your third year up until your fifth three optional exams i know that's nothing compared to the american system i know it's very different uh but yeah uh that's that's how it works unfortunately oh that's awesome though there's a lot of benefits to that as well as most students will uh, get graduated with with the same level of knowledge in most things right so there's a good oh yeah there are, there are a number of like fundamental uh subjects uh which i i believe just as you said it's very important that everyone takes uh but there's also a lot of like marginal subjects like for example we have philosophy of law we have uh, two exams of history of law we have medieval history of law uh roman history of law and all of those are mandatory uh so yeah i, I personally i would uh, if if i were in the italian institutions i would take some of those off the list and make it easier for people to graduate and to enter the job market as soon as they can because uh, i'm saying unfortunately uh when i'm when i'm talking about this because the problem uh, where I'm from is basically the job market. It's not very dynamic once you get out of law school. And I believe we'll get to speak about this uh, later during uh, our conversation. Um, there's a lot of competition because there's a lot of people graduating from law school, uh, but there's not many jobs. So that's a conflict. <laughs> Fantastic. That, that that makes a lot of sense. 
So uh, talking about this, talking about the classes you'd normally take in law school and then having this fixed uh, um, amount of subjects and tests you got to take, uh, are there classes that you could take in other languages or other, are they all in Italian? Like, do you have any classes you could take in English, for example? Um, well, in my experience, I would have to say, uh, no, that has never happened to me. We have com um, comparative law, uh, comparative private law, comparative state law, but all of those are usually in Italian by design. Uh, I come from a medium, small uh, university uh, medium small city in Italy. So uh, there are places like, for example, up in the north in the University of Trento, uh, which is actually an hybrid. So you would have uh, part of the lessons that are actually in English and part in Italian. That's I would recommend that if I could go back, uh, maybe I would take one of those courses uh, in that university. Uh, but usually, um, no. Uh, in normally in uh, Italian university, all of the classes are also in Italian. Got it. Understood. Well, uh, now kind of transitioning a little bit into the job market. Uh, what are some of the requirements for one to become a lawyer in Italy? Do you guys have a bar exam? We do. We do have a bar exam. And before that, it's mandatory that you do at least 18 months, so one year and a half, uh, practicing in a law firm. Um, so, yeah, you, that's, that's, those are the, the requirements, I would say. And also, and also, let me add, uh, the bar exam, you can only take it uh, up until three times in your life. So if you don't pass it, uh, that's going to be uh, trouble, I would say. Um, and it's it used to be made of two different uh, tests, one written and one oral, if you pass the written one. But now after COVID, I believe it has changed and it's two oral tests in like uh, four slash five months uh, distance from one to each other. Wow, that's very interesting. Well, uh, still talking about this this question of uh, requirements to become a lawyer, uh, would you happen to know a little bit of how could like a foreign lawyer become a lawyer in Italy, for example? Um, well, depends. Uh, I would draw a line there. If you are foreigner, who graduated for some reason, again, because it's not very common that a foreigner graduates in law school at back home in Italy. Uh, so if you graduated in uh, an Italian university, uh, then you're able to take the bar in Italy without any other requirements. Um, it would be different if you have your uh, law degree uh, from any other country in the world. Uh, and then, as far as I know, you would have to practice for at least three years, and then you would be able to convert your bar in the Italian one and to subscribe to the Register of Attorneys in Italy. 
Got it. So interesting. Yeah, I, I know of some attorneys that are Brazilian and they will they will like be registered in Portugal and because of some EU treaties, they end up being able to practice some things in Italy. But I'm sure it's very, very specific to those. So maybe eventually I'll have somebody to speak about that in the podcast. Oh, yeah, it's it's very niche. I just wanted to uh, highlight this. We are uh, technically a small country even we are even though we are in g8 and and everything and so especially when um subjects regard for example law it's not like economics it's not engineering uh it's not science it's not chemistry uh medicine so it's it becomes unfortunately very niche to to the country you're in um it's even different uh, if you are uh, Brazilian and you move to Portugal because at least that's going to be the same language but unfortunately Italian it's not very uh, spoken outside of Italy so um, that's the limit I would say got it got it well um, kind of going into that that uh, specific uh, topic of job market could you could you tell us a little bit about like career paths for, for lawyers and and also like for those who have a law degree, but maybe didn't become a lawyer, like how, how is that uh, happening in, in Italy nowadays? Uh, how much time have you got? Because I could go on about this for a very long time uh, and it would take weeks to unpack all of that, but I'll try to be uh, short. <laughs> um, so uh, I would say that... Um, it's I, I was I was talking about the fact that it's five years long that it's one of the longest law schools uh, in the world um, and that by itself is already a problem and the other problem is that for example all of our exams uh, at university are oral there's no written exam there are more than 30 exams and no written test. So of course you're gonna develop a very decent um, speaking uh, skills, public speaking, uh, whatever. Uh, but you already know that the job of a lawyer is most times very different from from that you don't get to speak very much there's a lot of uh, paperwork there's a lot of deadlines there's a lot of red tape stuff and uh, studying for five years just for like oral exams uh, could also be a limit to that uh, because you all of a sudden you finish law school uh, and you are thrown outside in the jungle in a world where law firms want you to be able to uh, write letters, to draft contracts, um, and to have a set of skills that you don't really acquire uh, at university. Because I, as I told you earlier, you have a lot of very uh, important exams. Um, there's a lot of like history, there's a lot of philosophy, 
but then how do you apply that into uh, the job market? How do you turn those skills that you learned at university into something that, that you actually uh, turn into a job? So that's, that is a big clash. And the other problem that could be a consequence of this is that um, the job market is not very dynamic. I would say that is stagnant. And so you have a lot of young, uh, intelligent, clever lawyers uh, that have graduated uh, with profit, uh, cum laude, from law school. Uh, and then they get out in the world and they don't know what to do with that. So I'm, tr I'm going to try to answer uh, this question as briefly as I can. There are different paths. If you don't want to be a lawyer, you could be, for example, uh, a journalist. But even to become a journalist, there's uh, an exam. And there's also a register of journalists that you got to subscribe to. So that could be a possible career path. Otherwise, you can decide. You want to become an attorney? There's the bar exam. You want to become a judge? There's also an exam for that. Um, you want to become a prosecutor? Uh, there's another exam for that, even more difficult. You want to become a notary? Uh, another exam. All of those are things you can do with a low degree. Um, so, yeah, I would say that this briefly answers your question, but the problem is so much deeper because, for example, in my city, Bari, it's half a million of uh, citizens, which is medium for Italy, uh, but it's not a big city compared, for example, to, to America. And in a city of uh, half a million population, we have more than 5,000 attorneys subscribe to the uh, register. Uh, and that is a lot. So imagine you are a young, uh, low graduate, a young Jewish doctor coming out fresh of university. That is extremely difficult. And in general, uh, the data says that almost 50% of the young population, meaning people below 30 years old in Italy, and I'm not talking about just low graduates now, I'm talking in general, uh, struggle to find a job, are currently unemployed. Um, so the perspectives are becoming very narrow nowadays. I believe one thing that you could do now, a solution that many people are looking for, actually, is working for one of those big corporation, like the big four, for example, uh, EY, uh, you know, all of those, uh, PwC. Uh, and so you have a lot of people migrating to Rome, to, to Milan, because uh, those are the biggest cities in Italy. And it's also where these big companies uh, are located as well. So a solution that many colleagues uh, that I that I used to have at university are adopting is that instead of being a freelance, for example. Got it. Well, that's that's so interesting because I feel like we face some of the same challenges in Brazil. Even even though uh, we do have, I guess, a, a, a lot of a bigger country, right? So maybe a bigger need as well. 
but I see that a lot as well of, of like how many graduates we have every year and then the the big amount of law schools we have in our country. So that's very interesting how you, I guess you could draw some similarities in that sense. Well, uh, those are those are always like the main questions I always like to ask uh, people who come to the podcast. So that's what I what I had in mind. But maybe uh, let me ask you, could you tell us just a little bit about your LOM experience so far? Did you just got started with it? Have you been doing it for a while now? Are you like just beginning? Can you can you share with us a little bit about your experience? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, more than happy to to do that. Well, LLM is the consequence, probably. The fact that I'm here in the United States is the consequence of what I was talking about earlier. Because um, personally, I've always found myself a bit limited by those three, four, five perspectives. Uh, doesn't matter how many are really but you can count them on one or two hands really so i've always liked languages i speak four slash five languages um and uh, especially english i uh, i've been studying english for all my life and then when i was 20 21 i decided to uh, combine uh, the english language the study of English English language with the study of law, which is my other passion. And so I started uh, going to UK every summer, one, two months every summer, and follow uh, legal English courses, uh, Cambridge, Oxford, London, every summer for four slash five years. And that really helped me figure out what I would want to be in the future. Uh, that helped me find out that I prefer common law to, to civil law because of the uh, deductive approach uh, instead of just having 1,000 pages books, uh, 1,000 pages codes, if you're lucky, and just having to, to re research for the rule into them or to know the articles uh, by memory one by one. Um, so I really, that, that helped me figure out that I like this approach, the common law approach more. And um, I remember uh, talking to my uh, comparative law professor back home in Italy a few years ago, and she told me, oh, you should do an LLM. And that opened a lot of doors uh, for me. And it was also uh, therapeutic in some ways because I found myself for a while in a, in a, in a dark place when I, while I was in university because, you know, it's five years long. I always say you come in as a boy and you come out as a man. Uh, and so a lot of things change internally as well. You develop uh, your personality, uh, you understand your goals, you understand what you like, what you don't like, especially what you want to be and what you don't want to be. Um, and so having this perspective really helped me go through these five years of university, which really could, like, could look like a very tall wall of exams and assignments and it could be scary sometimes honestly so um 
I graduated from law school in June uh, in Italy, and uh, I decided I had, I had already applied uh, for a few LLMs around the USA, and I decided to come here to uh, Washington, D.C., uh, especially at the George Washington University. I moved here in uh, August 2022, so a couple of months ago at the time when we are recording. And uh, yeah, it's been my first two months of LLM. I'm very new. Uh, I haven't taken uh, any exams yet, but I would say that the air that you breathe, the atmosphere is so much different. It's so much more stimulating uh, than what I was used to. So I would say that it's incredibly refreshing. The professors, for example, are extremely friendly. Uh, they're always uh, by your side if you need help, if you need suggestions, uh, if you need advice. Uh, instead of what I was used to. Um, and I was shocked, especially about, uh, by the age of my professors that are almost all of them very young and also very competent at their jobs. Instead of what I was used to in, in Italy, professors would be at least 50 years old. Uh, if you're lucky, otherwise it would be 60 or 70 years old, which I don't mind because they, they, they will have a lot of, of experience. But again, they may be more distant from your day-to-day -day struggles, from the problems that you may be facing. They may not be so supportive and so available. So that's the biggest difference that I've noticed so far and i and i really like this approach uh although again um this is a private university most universities are are private uh here in america while at home in italy we have all, all of our university or almost all of our universities are public so um we're just taxpayers and uh, we we don't have to pay the same fees that we pay for an American university, but I would say that the difference is tangible. That's fantastic. Uh, I know that many of the the people who listen to the podcast and who are following me in in different uh, channels are actually looking into uh, going and doing an LOM, especially in the states. Uh, just because of the possibilities that that, that can uh, end up opening. So it's amazing to hear uh, somebody from another country who's also having that experience and, and how much you're liking that. That's awesome. Well, once again, uh, Miki, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk with us today and to share a little bit of your experience. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope we can continue this partnership. Hopefully, uh, if I go down to D.C. or if you come up to Toronto, we'll have the chance to meet as well. Thank you so much once again. Of course, of course. Let me thank you for having me for this opportunity to, to talk about my personal experience. And again, um, to those that are listening to us and would like to pursue this kind of path, maybe they don't know what path to take, they're not sure, they're about to graduate from low school, or they need an encouragement, they need a goal to, to look up to. 
I believe LLM is a great, great, great opportunity um, for that. And America is probably the place to be uh, if you're looking for jobs, if you're looking for opportunities. Um, it's hard work, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, but I believe it's worth it and it pays back in the long run. So uh, please, uh, if you are listening to us right now, uh, consider this opportunity. Thank you guys for turn, tuning in today and we'll see you in the next episode.